If we filled any more in, it'd be an hour and a little bit more of Easy Classics. Easy Classics. On Sydney's 2CH. With the international superstar, Alan Jones, in the studio in Australia, not in England. Hello. Uh, international superstar, thank you very much. I'm glad I turned right. up. Well, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say that on my card. No, well, uh, well let's put it on the card. Okay. Now, uh, we'll talk about the 31st, 31st, your 31st album, One Voice, in just a moment. But you did say... Before I went on air, because I said you were in Brisbane, didn't come to Sydney. You've got some good news. I have announced yesterday I'm back here in Australia uh, in October. Uh, three concerts, and the second in Sydney in the uh, City Concert uh, City Recital Hall uh, in Melbourne in the uh, Melbourne Recital ha- uh, Centre, and then in Brisbane in the QPAC uh, Centre as well, well. We won't worry about those other cities. At Sydney, at Sydney Recital Hall on is the a second beautiful venue. The acoustics are fantastic. I'm really looking forward to yeah, it. Really looking forward. That to is it. tremendous. Well, first I've got to congratulate you. This CD won voice. It's quite extraordinary. Uh, the 12-year-old boy and the 12-plus-year-old yeah, boy. 46. <laughs> really? Yeah. Honestly? Uh, yeah. It's been that long ago. It has. And the story behind it, you know, it, it's so bizarre. You know, it's not made up by a record company. Um, there was a DAT recording, DAT tape, in my mum and dad's airing cupboard for 30 years, gathering dust. It was sandwiched in between the, the pants and socks of my, <laughs> of my boyhood past. And... Um, just a chance, you know, conversation with mum and dad. I thought I'd made 16 albums as a kid. Dad suddenly piped up that, no, there's a record in the airing cupboard that's never been released because your voice broke. So Is that the reason it wasn't released? Yeah. And I thought, you know, maybe he'd had too many glasses of wine. So I told him, to, you know, what are you talking about? He went and got it. I listened to it and uh, I just felt I had to do something with it. Well, that's fantastic. Hence album number 31. I mean, the duet with uh, Joan Sutherland and also Vera Lynn, that was obviously a clever piece of technology. It was. And, and that's extremely exclusively for uh, Australia. There are extra tracks on this album that the British public didn't get. Um, uh, the, the British public just got the duets with me as a boy and me as a man. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> but these are, yeah, exclusive for, like, for my Australian I'm, fans. I'm shocked. 46. I mean, that's not old, but 46. You is, thought I was older, didn't you? you? Know, no, 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 no. I thought you were younger. You look like only 13 now. Oh, no, I'm joking. No, the 12-year-old boy, I mean, what was that I know this is almost a cliche question, but what was that like as a 12-year-old, suddenly having the spotlight of everyone in the United Kingdom on you? Uh, do you know what? I, it was easy because no one had done it before, so there was no pressure. There was no expectation. Um, I was a little kid who loved singing, so all of a sudden I was singing on all my favourite programmes that I'd been watching, like Top of the Pops or you know Saturday morning television. It was just absolutely brilliant. And when you're that age, everyone is really, really nice to you. I found out <laughs> later on in life that maybe that's not the case, but uh, as a 12-year-old, they all want to spoil you. They I'll give you a gift. So what was not to like? You know, my mum and dad, uh, very, very humble, um, down-to-earth people. The only thing they insisted was that, um, you know, I went to school Monday to Friday. So I was in a normal comprehensive with a thousand other kids. And then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I'd be... uh, Performing doing, doing somewhere. My thing, yeah. So when you were at school Monday to Friday, did the school make use of your talent and with shows that came up? Or no chance. No? no, no way. I didn't do anything like that. I kept that side, the performing side of my life, completely separate. So at school, I was just the girl chasing, football loving boy. <laughs> Did you catch the girl? I did, yeah. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was quite... I was very lucky at that time because I had one of the, the best-looking girls in school as my girlfriend, so everyone left me alone. Oh, right, OK. All right. And she now, wasn't just with me because I sang before you asked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't going to ask. I wasn't going to go there. I mean, you've got a remarkable career. Uh, you've, you've been a dancer. You're a television presenter. You're a radio presenter. You're a, you're a singer. You're an actor. Was it Joseph? You played Joseph and yeah, Joseph, right. the yeah. amazing... Technicolor, re- technicolor Dreamcoat. Dreamcoat. Or, or miniskirt, as I or like to call it. Or miniskirt, as you like to call it. And your first... 
performance, am I right, as a 12-year-old was The Angel in Handel's... Uh, Jephthah. Jephthah. Yeah, that's right. Um, it was an amazing uh, performance, for me anyway, singing with some of my heroes in the main hall in Cardiff, uh, St David's Hall. And then my second uh, Handel oratorio was with uh, Dame Joan Sutherland. Dame Joan Sutherland. So, and that yeah. was just surreal. You know, she'd sit in the corner crocheting away and um, I'd be singing my little bit and I'd be looking behind to get some sort of, you know, acknowledgement from Joan and there was nothing at all. She was just busy in her own world. And then all of a sudden she'd stand up and stand next to me and she would towered above me mm. and this voice would come out and it was just phenomenal it was incredible yeah. well as is as is your voice as a 12 year old when your voice broke i believe uh, you then went on tour and you narrated uh, uh, yeah, I did lots of narration, did lots of presentation, and then decided really that I needed to, you know, learn a craft again. So then at least if I did come back and perform as an adult, uh, even if the reviewers didn't like me, at least I was qualified. So to you be went there. to the Royal College of Music? Royal, Royal Academy of Music Academy. for three years and basically had my childhood. I learned five pieces of music a week and uh, ran the bar. Um, but it was, it was a great time. Uh, really enjoyed my time there and met some fantastic friends and then really knuckled down to work in the Bristol Vic Theatre School. So... What went through your soul at 16 when your voice broke? Uh, thank goodness I don't have to do any more interviews justifying why I'm still singing at 16. That was the first thing. Really? And to be honest with you, I was a bit fed up by, uh, by then, just having constantly being on TV shows and radio shows. And, and it, it, I knew that my voice was going to break. Um, sure. It happens to everyone. So, and I knew I'd sing again in the future. Um, whether I'd sing professionally or amateurly didn't really matter to me because I didn't go into the business to be famous. I, you know, I just happened to sing and someone found me and uh, the rest is history so I knew I'd sing again and I knew I'd be happy again and by then I'd done quite a lot of media um, TV and radio and I quite liked that as well What style if you had to go out today and buy yourself a CD of another singer what style of, of music would you buy? I listen to everything and you see I did that as a kid as well and back when I was a child in Britain you either loved pop rock or classical you know you didn't like all of it mm. and what I love now I've got two kids 15 year old and an 11 year old and they, they've got everything on the mp3 they've got everything from Eminem to uh, I was going to say Alec Jones but they don't have any of him um, so yeah they listen to classical and everything and that's how it should be And that, so for me if I had my, my, my little voucher in my hand uh, again I'm aging myself I don't know what I'd buy I'd probably go for something that's in the charts to be honest with you really I yeah. mean because a little while ago Alan was sitting in the studio I was playing the group America and you were singing along so the music we're playing is is the music? Oh yeah, I love it. You love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but again, I list any any good tunes, and you know the music that you you guys play is uh, is the best. Isn't you it? know, when you go back home, yeah. if you go to two ch dot com dot au, you right. can we we stream our music, so you can actually anywhere in the world you can take us with you. So. I'm, I'm going to take you with me. Okay, pl- can I honestly? Can I, <laughs> can I hold you to that? Yes. Now you, you've you've discovered this or, or that tape, whatever you discovered between the socks and the panties uh, yeah. at, at home. Yeah. And you, what did you then do? Take it. All, how did that come about well, this one to voice start come with, about? To start with, and you know, there's, there's this sort of myth that as a child I used to listen to my music constantly, and there are so many albums I released. I released 16 albums in the four years I was a boy soprano, and I would say out, out of all the 60, I probably haven't listened to 12 at all, ever, um, because I just went into the studio or church, recorded it, and then got on with life. Mm. Uh, but when my dad unearthed this tape, uh, my mum and I put it on we had a headphone bud each um and listened to it and oh she was crying of course but she cries with you know eastenders or coronation street um <laughs> but i i felt emotional as well it was the first time i'd acknowledged i suppose those four years and 
there was so much water under the bridge, you know, 30 years on. I, I looked back as if I was a proud grandparent, you know. Really? Uh, yeah, and I thought, gosh, it was, a, it was an amazing thing to so achieve. So there was a sense of distance between what you were hearing, this 12-year-old, was yeah. suddenly another, someone else. Absolutely. And then uh, we were in the back of the car with my musical director one night uh, eating a, a, ch- a curry takeaway, I remember, coming back from a concert. And we listened to it in the car stereo, and I started singing along with the boy voice. And we both looked at each other and thought, you know, we should do something with this. But there was no guarantee it would work. And the first song in the studio we sang was Eris Gay Love Lilt. And there's a moment where both voices sing together. And 30 years had passed, but the phrasing, the emotion, everything was identical. So it, it, it took me back to being mm. that um, whatever age I was, 12-year-old uh, boy. I'd like to play the duet uh, with Vera Lynn, and you can tell us how it came about after we've played it. But okay. here is from Casablanca. Play it again, Sam. All right, play it again, Gareth. Here it is. As time goes by, Allard Jones and Vera Lynn.
Just for Australia, that particular track on this CD, One Voice with Alan Jones. It's a CD you've got to buy, and I've got some more copies to give away in the next couple of days, so make sure you stay here on Sydney's 2CH. And, and he has signed them as well, so that's extra special. Now, So you can't resell them? No, no, no. Well, they'll get less for it. Um, <laughs> Alan, Alan, you're going to be at 1 o'clock today, I believe. Uh, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow on Wednesday. Wednesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, at Fish Records, which is in the Town Hall Arcade, 1 o'clock, signing CDs. Yeah, I am. So come along. So uh, go if you're along in and the say area. hello. Yeah, and, I'd, I'd love that. And and he's he's the one that no longer looks twelve. He looks twelve plus one or two. Yeah, thank now, you. Um, I just have one other question. Uh, this is your life. I believe you were on the very last. This is your life that the BBC did. I was. Yeah. So so take from that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> then it, I was, down. it was. They went. Well, we can't better that, of course. Uh, yeah. Now I was on stage in the uh, Albert Hall when uh, Michael Aspel came on with the Red Book, and I have to tell you, it was it was the greatest and worst experience of my life i like being in control of what happens in my life and for that hour and a half or whatever you have no idea what's going to happen yeah and when you were 12 you said your mother used to cut your hair before you went out well just look at the cd covers and uh, there's evidence there yeah yeah does she still cut your hair (laughs) no she (laughs) doesn't Thanks. And, uh, Alan, no, look, it's been a real joy having you in the studio. Thank you for your time. Thank uh, you for the support. I've loved being here. I really have. You're a nice guy. And uh, BBC Radio Wales, when he goes back, he'll be there too. So you're a radio announcer. So I'm probably not doing a very good job. You compared. are. Yeah. Thank you. Alan Jones. Thank you very much. One Voice. That's the CD. One o'clock tomorrow in the Fish Records in the Town Hall Arcade. Go and see him. He's a nice guy. And the CD is fantastic. Ten to nine. Easy.